0: Roster Watch Nation. Prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Rosterwatch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, Rosterwatch.com, editor in chief Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back to the Epic. Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here as always with Byron Lambert. It is episode 24 of the Roster Watch Podcast. We have a ton to get to today. We have updates to the Dynasty cheat sheet coming out. We have updates to the MFL 10 cheat sheet going to version 2.3. We have NFL news and notes like crazy. We missed the second podcast of the week last week due to. Just super busy schedule, so uh, have a lot to cram in from the end of last week and the beginning of this one as it relates to the NFL, as it relates to our fantasy football teams, as it relates to any cockamamie business either of us may uh, have in store, and as it relates to the trash man and his disgusting recent articles at rosterwatch.com. Oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You don't even know what's
1: transpired after yoga class. I was going to save that for podcast 25, though. We got too much to get to today.
0: Well, I was going to.
1: But I'm telling you, it's just been too much garbage for too many years.
0: With the trash man? Yes. What he told you? Oh, y'all had something happen after yoga? Yes, and I don't want to talk about it on this podcast. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, How about this? You asked me before about uh, whenever there was the news that our studio here in Austin for Sirius was getting shut down, and you want—I mm-hmm. wanted to see if you wanted to hear it on the air, or and like later on, like something tilting. What if I have something tilting, and do you want to hear it now on the air, or do you want to hear it later on? Sure, it's hard for me to get tilted at this point these days. <laughs> it's not—it—it it isn't really tilted. You're about to be another uncle, or yes. There's going to be a new little baby around well, here.
1: Well, that's very exciting. It's coming. It's been
0: coming home to roost for a
1: while. Well, here's the thing, Uncle Byron already knew this. <laughs> so if you think you're telling me <laughs> you know, something I didn't, no, 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 you've been telling me for are a while. You have been telling me for a while that this is coming home to roost. Uncle Byron's known this for a very, very long time. So, Congratulations.
0: Thank you. We can like we. It's official now. Alex and Emily start, make beautiful babies. You can you can start telling people when they're like three months old. It's been three and something months. Emily to the first. Um, First appointment yesterday with the birthing center, checked the heart rate, you know, everything, everything checked out good, easy to find the beating heart. Still don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but since like, you know, since we're over, once you get over like 34 or 35, you have to start taking these like tests to make sure everything's okay with the baby. Because as you get older, it gets, it gets uh, easier and easier to um get high blood pressure just have all kinds of you know different risk factors involved for not only the mother but also the the unborn child and so she had to take a blood test so we'll know the sex of the baby at some point in the next seven to ten days oh really so what do you think
1: i've said all along i think it's going to be a girl two girls two girls for you
0: two, two girls for old alice
1: hey you gotta get what you deserve in this world <laughs> but you make beautiful baby girls so yeah, i yeah. will be more than happy whichever way it shakes out
0: small bit, small bit tilting but we we love these little creeps running around
1: <laughs> uh when you're the uncle you don't have to do any of the diaper changing. you That's just bring true. the presents and give the kisses so uh un- cool. doesn't get me on till well since we're in the in the kind spirit I think it's a good time to mention that we just love firing up this podcast and that Roster Watch Nation, you guys really have become our friends. Oh, Watch Nation? You yeah. really have become. We've gotten to know so many of you through email, reviews on iTunes, comments on the website, and uh, we absolutely love you guys and we love coming to do the pod. Uh, first, before we dive into news and notes, uh, a couple of the changes to the Dynasty Rookie Cheat Sheet uh, version 1.2 that'll be going up this afternoon live at rosterwatch.com for our pro subscribers. Um, it was time to give Chad Williams, the wide receiver in Arizona, a bit of a bump and guys like Gerald Everett and Adam Sheehan at the t- uh, Shaheen at the tight end position also deserved a little bit of bump. We'll get an in-depth uh, conversation on that a little bit later in the podcast, but first let's dive into a few tidbits of news and notes uh, about Three, uh, three things came across today that caught my eye. I think the biggest story, obviously, is the LeGarrette Blunt story. Uh, uh, in Philadelphia, boy, the Eagles have gone out of their way to surround Carson Wentz with talent uh, this offseason. We've seen that actually across the league. Uh, the teams going out of their way to surround their franchise quarterbacks uh, with the weapons and talent they need to be successful and uh, Alex, I thought you made an interesting tweet, Uh, probably not one that many people are thinking about uh, when they hear about LeGarrette Blount uh, to the Eagles, but you tweeted out today from at rosterwatch on Twitter that Paul Perkins owners, dynasty owners, we Paul Perkins the of the New bullet. York Giants it was have the last dodged bullet. the last bullet. You want to talk about that for a
0: second? Well, if, well we worried. Look, look, we've been, just been worried there about one of our sweetest sons and one of our most precious, uh, our most precious sons of Roster Watch Nation. Paul Perkins didn't quite look like, didn't quite look like the every down back that we thought he might come in and be in the mold of a Devontae Freeman, in the mold of you know, we we never said he was a Devontae Freeman like runner, but the fact is he had that similar kind of size. You know, he had the similar game-breaking ability at the college level coming out of UCLA in both the passing game and in – or both in the receiving game and in the rushing game. So, you know, we looked at these guys and we said they don't have to be 225-pounders anymore to be every down workhorse backs, at least for, you know, a few years to start. But Paul Perkins didn't necessarily give us all of those looks during his rookie season. Now, coming into his second season, I mean – it's been it's been looking like the whole time that like golly they can't be going into this deal just figuring they're gonna lean on Paul Perkins right they can't be doing it and then the draft comes you know, or, you know and then a deep draft no, free, to running back free agency, free agency comes a deep free agency with a bunch of star players that could have been having veterans on the that cheap, would have been a good add to that offense the like cheap. a
1: like a Brandon Marshall was to the receiver core <laughs>
0: passed on all of it. On all of it. They passed on a Beast Mode. They passed on a Jamal Charles. They passed on an Eddie Lacy. They passed on an Adrian Peters. Uh, you know, ben McAdoo used to coach Eddie Lacy. They passed on all of these guys. And then in the draft, they don't address it one bit. I mean, you talked about it probably in episode 22, episode 21. The one last bullet we have left to dodge is the LeGarrette Blunt that's it, still out there, that could be the swindle because there there had been things, there had been reports connecting LeGarrette Blunt to the New York Giants. And so that was like the last, I mean, what else are they going to do now? Well, it's a they, I, I think during the, I think probably during training camp, through camp, they might bring in like a, a veteran scrub. Monitor uh, maybe
1: a veteran like a Ryan Matthews if he gets returns from the neck injury, who's bound to be cut here by the Eagles soon. Maybe somebody of that ilk, but it's certainly a remarkable turn of events for Paul Perkins' dynasty owners. Probably 90% of our pro subscribers at RosterWatch.com and just our listeners and fans are all Paul Perkins' owners. Uh, uh, this yeah, we is, get
0: a ton of Paul Perkins' questions around yeah, roster. No,
1: this, this is, this is <laughs> it's big time, man. Yeah, this is big time information. And maybe we've been right all along that Paul Perkins coming out of UCLA – had a little bit of Devontae Freeman to him. Maybe that's what the Giants are seeing. I'll be interested to see it unfold throughout the rest of the summer. But can you
0: believe that LeGarrette Blount had 18 touchdowns last year?
1: Yeah, I mean the Patriots score a lot of points. They move the ball. But they don't have many red zone targets with Gronkowski on the bench, or I mean on IR,
0: in the tub. I don't think Philadelphia – I mean – I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna beast in Philadelphia. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have to ask you what you think about where I've kind of moved him in the MFL ten slotting, and just sort of see your general thoughts. Because I mean, as it pertains to ADP, it's really hard to bake in any sort of ADP where it's gonna jump to. His 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 ADP was 128 in the MFL ten. What do you think it will jump to with this news?
1: I think Legarrette Blount will be some type of um i think in in a ppr format which that's going to be but in a best ball i think he's still going to be like a seventh round eighth round seventh round pick seventh
0: round okay yeah yeah so i mean it's basically about i mean that's and if you took him before that i probably wouldn't blame you would you want to take him before you took latavius blunt
1: yes yes so. I hate Latavius Murray. And my, I'm the original
0: Garrett Blunt truther. My deal is, would you, would you how do you factor Doug Martin versus Garrett Blunt? I like Doug Martin more. I think I do too. Now how about this? What about Eddie Lacey now? Not that ADPs really I, matter. I, I, We're I, not be I, able I like to, Eddie Lacey a little bit more. And even if you didn't, there would be no way to justify getting. Well, can it, I, can so.
1: I talk about a little more of this fallout from Blunt as it struck me? Strikes yes. me that this is a big blow for uh, dynasty uh, owners who are hopeful for Corey Clement Corey coming out of the draft. Um, he's still a good player, and I still think he's got a long-term opportunity there. But what have we said? That for these undrafted free agents don't have a history. It's hard for them to, to crack these, these starting lineups.
0: Well, it's just that when you take them in this early, now I say starting, it's hard for them to in, crack these
1: fifty-three man rosters.
0: Yeah, no, and and when you take them this early, just based on college talent alone, you got to, you really have to think to yourself, why did they go undrafted? If this team is going to use them, you know, if this team has a certain plan for them, why did they go undrafted? Why did they not use any draft equity, even a even seventh round draft equity, on this player? So that's something that you always need to think about. And to be honest, I mean, look. Arian Foster was undrafted. They're, you know, I, I could list I mean, off player after player after, player after player after player that have been un, un, undrafted. Was un, it Taylor Ga- Taylor been, Gabriel? I believe. Been, yes, that have been you know fantasy relevant. Sometimes more than fantasy relevant. It's just really it's hard to get many. in. The, it's hard to get in the prospecting business of you know choosing which one of these undrafted free agents is going to be the one that eventually busts out. It's like unless there's a completely, completely. Uh, clear situation where you say, "Look, he's an undrafted free agent, but he's coming in here with you know no competition here, like blah blah blah." If everything falls completely into place, to think about it, maybe in the, the impact this year, in that rare case, you you might be able to you know take one of these guys with any kind of certainty in a in a four, regular four round dynasty format, but otherwise, it's like you're just you're you're really really prospecting on a guy that the team wasn't even willing to prospect on itself yeah i mean fortunately if
1: you have already had your dynasty rookie draft you, Corey clement was somebody you probably took in the last round and he may still be a reasonable hold for that he's a he he, he was a solid prospect in a good situation now that role appears to have dried up with blunt in the picture it's also very likely bad news for any anybody who was still holding out hope for wendell smallwood as far as him doing anything this year he could be a handcuff. Could be a reasonable
0: handcuff. I have no interest in Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, this
1: this point. sounds to me like it's the Garrett Blunt, Darren Sproles show. That's a really nice veteran backfield for Carson Wentz. He's got his veteran receivers now Alshon, Torrey Smith. He's got the nice offensive line. He's got the young tight end. Uh, well, mean, hey, I, what gotta else gotta did really, you ask for? It's time, yeah, to, yeah, it's time you, for him to start with you. Really gotta, you got to give together. Howie Roseman right. some respect there now. You know, for me, the other thing this means is that at 218 pounds, I'm an absolute trash man and I love Mike Gillisley. <laughs> You're a trash man? I love Mike Gillisley. <laughs> if
0: that makes you a trash man, you love Mike.
1: Actually, I'm the original
0: Mike Gillisley. It's kinda of true. You're a bit of a truther. you truther have a truther on him. You and the you and the Bengals owner uh, Mike Brown. It, I remember he was sitting behind us, that one senior boy with talking his about daughter Gilleslie.
1: who who does all his most of his finances and contracts, she's real involved. They do things in a very unorthodox way and they oh, don't pay they no. don't pay much of a staff to do anything. No. But hey, you gotta give Cincinnati credit, whatever you've been doing. They've they've assembled a great roster. Nonetheless, yeah, Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals, and a- a myself, treachery. we were truth. We're both in the stands very interested in Mike Gillisley during that particular senior bowl. And at 218 pounds, I absolutely love him on the New England Patriots. And saying something like that makes me feel like a trash man.
0: Jeez, I haven't, I, I, you know, in making the outline and going through the skeleton to update this MFL 10 cheat sheet to version 2.3, I didn't give any credence to what might this mean for Gillisley. Up. I think it means up. Um, let's up. Let's see. I mean, he need, basically, he needs to be... He's the sickest running back on the Patriots roster. Does he need to be above Matt Forte and Jamal Charles? Yes. Does he need to be above Samaj Piron, Kenneth Dixon, and Jonathan Stewart?
1: I I I like him. I like him. Do you like him? more? I like him more than Dixon because I hate. I don't like Kenneth Dixon as much of a prospect, and uh, I don't trust the situation there. I maybe I'm not going to say I like him over Piron because there's been that's already coming coming home to home to roost. Um, so,
0: you like him? So, you're not sure you like him better than P. Ryan or Jonathan Stewart?
1: Stewart? But I, I, I'm, I like Gillisley better than Stewart. I do. But you like P. I Ryan do.
0: better than Stewart?
1: Yes. Okay. It's a
0: might be a one but of those But you don't want any of these. But so, ADP won't allow it on the cheat sheet to, to be above a Bilal Powell or by this point a Latavius, even though nobody's going to get Latavius. Well, that's. Can, a, I, can you believe Latavius has a fifth round ADP? It's just ridiculous. Um. Well, that's up for you to blueprint around the the, the ADPs okay, so that are in place,
1: but that's where my head's at. I like Gillisley more than those guys. Do you
0: like him more than LeGarrette Blunt or Doug Martin? In PPR, you got to think you like him real close to LeGarrette Blunt. Do you like Mike Gillisley better than Tyrell Williams? The Chargers wide receiver? Yes. <laughs> Much better. Do you like... Samaj P. Ryan better than Tyrell Williams? Yes.
1: I'm low on Tyrell Williams. I think so. And I'm and again. Well, you were the original Tyrell Williams truther, but you had me hound dog him out last year at Chargers camp. I like the guy. I just think the situation's no good.
0: What about Randall Cobb? Completely off my radar. I hate Randall Cobb. I hate Randall Cobb too. What about John Ross? He's not off your radar john ross versus samaj p ryan i mean i love going nuclear with john ross
1: but that is that's samaj p ryan all day and
0: same with gillis lee yes okay i'm gonna make a I'll, i'll i'll make notes of a few a few adjustments here i think that there's going to be a tier of a tier of receivers that just needs to come down even though their adp is well, that's what always happens with thing. the cheat sheet. The running backs get pushed up.
1: Yeah, it just has to. As ADPs come to reality, the running backs it's just always, we like middle we, and late tier running backs always have to get pushed up, and it's always to our advantage when it's all said. But and done. here's the
0: thing: it's like you have eighty. You have the ADPs of guys like okay, one twenty-eight for Legarrette Blunt, That's not going to stay the same. Um, but Doug Martin, 129, what's that much going to change for him? Mike Gillisley's ADP right now is 146. That's going to change a little bit. But I mean, Tyrell Williams' ADP is 78. Eric Decker's ADP is 83. Jordan Matthews is 68. Randall Cobb's right well, in there, too. That's interesting. And so it's like you put those guys up against those guys. It's like you're never going to. I don't know. It's just, it's just it's crazy to think that we like guys. I mean, Samaj P. Ryan's ADP is 164. <laughs> you know, he's, I mean, he's being taken a hundred, uh, like uh, ninety spots later than Tyrell. I mean, if you can still ta-
1: fill out your roster with what you think are fairly comparable wide receivers later, and make the balance that you're suggesting right. on there positionally with the roster limits, then I mean, I think we just get the best guys. That's what's
0: being. That's what's being done.
1: Um, we mentioned. Uh, our Devontae Freeman comparisons for Paul Perkins. Or, or
0: Devontae Freeman-ish. Yeah, you know, right. right. We don't ever
1: want to go that far for Paul Perkins earlier. Uh, he can only hope uh, for things to unfold like this as Devontae Freeman has come out and spoken with our dearest Josina Anderson, who always gets the running back scoops these days. She's all over him. Uh, he's told Josina Anderson that he wants elite running back money. I mean, we've been telling Rosterwatch Nation this situation was going to come to a head in Atlanta. And, you know, certainly Devontae Freeman is one of the sweetest, most golden sons of Rosterwatch Nation. Florida State Pro Day, still one of our favorite Pro Days we've ever, ever attended. You have to agree with that one. That was a yeah. fantastic
0: Pro Day. It was. And it was one where we, where we learned a lot. Oh man, we that pro day tour was that that pro day tour was big that year because everybody owned like Odell Beckham, Kelvin Benjamin, Mike Evans, Devontae Freeman, like all these guys. It was
1: even the Jeremy Hills. There was there was a few more of them.
0: It was a big year in twenty fourteen. It was insane. Uh,
1: So you know, if you ask us, I think Freeman certainly. I personally, I think um, elite running back money now is reasonable. And for a guy that has the kind of impact and really forget the impact, it's just the kind of player that Freeman is, how tough he is and how good he is. I certainly think he believes that money deserves that kind of money, you know, but I have my questions about, like we've said, this is gonna come to a head in Atlanta. I have my questions about what the Falcons are gonna be willing to pay Freeman. You know, we thought he might be a candidate to even be potentially traded during the draft, knowing that this was about to come to fruition. So I guess my question, do you have any dynasty concerns about Freeman? Just kind of thinking about his future and his contract situation. You know, is he going to stay in Atlanta? Are they going to let him go? You know, do what if they, he went to they Shanahan? St- they, what if they
0: got rid of Hyde and got, and, and, and got Devontae?
1: Do they somehow start changing his workload a little bit? I don't think they do that.
0: I mean, gen- is that generally the case? Generally, they kind of run the wheels off you. You know,
1: and you got to think if he's not in Atlanta after this year, then he'd likely go somewhere. Who, somebody who's going to pay him to be a feature back,
0: right? So I'm not. Well, so I'm actually, not worried I think this is
1: it. good for Devonte Freeman's dynasty uh, futures.
0: Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I and I like it when these runners. Um, I like it when they're running motivated. Uh, take Doug Martin. <laughs> I like I like some of these guys when they're motivated and they're running hard when they're running for money. And he's it, you know it didn't like he's going to hold out.
1: And that offensive line just continues to improve in Atlanta. Yes,
0: like I, I think it's fine. I want him running hard and running for the money when when he does get paid. He's like you said he's going to get paid by somebody who for at least a few years are going to need him to be a featured back. I don't mind Devontae Freeman like so I, I love Devontae Freeman. Only guy everywhere and it's going to be great for me in our uh the the big serious xm dynasty league the big 24 league with all the hosts on there um that i own, like it's going to be the awesome uh like the like the stock split with Devontae freeman and tevin Coleman on, owning them both oh, be- yeah just being just being able to now be able to start both i could start those guys in dy- like in, in a deep dynasty league the same, you know, I could start the, both those guys in the same week every week anyway in a super deep dynasty league. So, man, if they're on different teams, Tevin, Devonte Freeman, owners that have that, um, owners that have that dynasty handcuff, boy, that's a big stock to split. Rumblings coming out of the Bay Area are that fourth
1: round selection uh of the 49ers who was this was a not so fast big, on Devontae. this, this was Shani. this was a big <laughs> big big story coming out how this unfolded in the war room for the 49ers as head coach kyle shanahan urged rookie gm john lynch uh to snatch up running back Joe Williams, rookie running back Joe Williams, who'd had an interesting season where he'd kind of quit on his team and then come back. It was a long story, and John Lynch thought he was potentially a quitter, but this was a guy Kyle Shanahan had in his crosshairs with the red laser beam right on him.
0: He identified him. The whole draft.
1: And John Lynch pulled the trigger, and the word coming out of the Bay Area is that there's a chance he could unseat Carlos Hyde this summer as the starter do you believe that is that fake news do you believe that what do you make of that
0: can joe williams
1: be a starter right
0: off well if so he needs to be moved up the dynasty cheat sheet even with this news i don't know where he is he in sort of that own tier he's in his own little tier he was with marlon mack makes me like him i mean
1: got to get him up over the marlon Mack's of the world
0: a little higher than that area, I think. Well, I think we'll have an. We'll, like I said,
1: we got version one point two coming out. We can make a few more updates before that goes live.
0: I think that Joe can he beat up I mean, Carl. I mean, just the level of prospect that each player is. I think coming out of college, I'm, I don't see them as the same level of prospect. Carlos Hyde. They don't seem to like him though. They and don't. and there's the other thing too with with his. What I tell you at the combine, with something was up. Feet, with the nuance like his of ankles, and there's always something, and he can't cut on it right now. Like who knows when he's going to be fully healthy? If he comes in, he's not really healthy. It's a new regime. They got all this new stuff going on, a new offensive system. I don't care if he's out there saying he's getting mental reps. It, like, you got to get it. Be out there getting actual reps, especially if you're a running back that has to deal with the timing of the quarterback and his cadence and the rhythm of the offense and the flow of the thing, right? So I mean, I mean, it's like a dance. You, you can't just take mental reps on the dance steps. You have to get out and do them. So I, 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 I don't know. I think if he's not ready for this summer and he's not ready for OTAs or, or camp, which they're acting like he might not be. They're saying like, he's even saying like, I'm progressing, but I'm still not all the way there. He's even told reporters that. So if he's not ready to go, yeah, I mean, it's going to present a wide open opportunity for a player and a prospect that's been handpicked by the new head coach well, we'll continue politics.
1: For we'll continue to monitor the situation in the Bay Area and, and adjust to. running rookie running back Joe Williams' position on the Dynasty Rookie Draft cheat sheet available at RosterWatch.com for all of our pro subscribers. And you know we continue to dilute our stock in Carlos Hyde via the MFL10 cheat sheet available at RosterWatch.com. Of course, one thing we'll have to remember though is that if this kind of uh, smoke keeps seeping out about Carlos Slide and his ADP continues
0: to fall. There may at some, at be some point you circle be back value. and say there's value here. It's I don't think it's yet, though. I don't think it's yet. Well,
1: certainly a big situation to monitor. I'm hoping to hit 49ers training camp uh, this summer uh, for Roster Watch Nation as part of the Roster Watch Training Camp Tour, the annual training camp tour at rosterwatch.com for all of our pro subscribers
0: and and speaking of our pro subscribers you can get a pro membership at rosterwatch.com for less than a cheap cup of coffee please support us all of our maniacal work all of our maniacal effort we only got one podcast out to you guys last week Uh, we're very sorry as we're both busy with a million different things going on right now a bunch of things relating to the website and bringing you guys better tools uh, coming into next season, some joint initiatives we're doing with some really big name people that we're gonna have some big announcements coming at coming out about coming into the Fantasy Sports Trade Association event here in June. So just stick around for all that, and please just uh, go to rosterwatch.com if you like us. It's a way to support us. Think about it as like um, think about it as like this podcast. Like if you listen to other podcasts, you know that they can be on Patreon. Like, where people just kind of donate, like a dollar, two dollars a month, or something like that. Sometimes five dollars, sometimes a hundred dollars a month, whatever. We're not even asking for that. We're just asking, go sign up for a membership to get our content. It costs less than a cheap cup of coffee, and you'll be able to support us in doing this. You'll be a a bona fide member of Roster Watch Nation. Of course, here with Byron Lambert and Alex Dunlap. One other thing, and we haven't hit you with this as often as we do during normal podcasts, but. Go give us a good review on this podcast. Give us a good rating. We love showing our marketing guy uh, that people are listening to this and that we're beginning to grow a bigger audience, which we certainly are based on the numbers. And So we really appreciate you guys. Like, as Byron said, we love you guys and think of you as kind of like coming here talking to our friends. Uh, so we ask you just to please support us in all these ways. Get a pro membership at Roster Watch. If you can't do that, at least, please, go give us a good review and a good rating in iTunes.
1: There's been a lot of discussion on Twitter from some of our counterparts in the industry uh, over the last few days about the ceiling on Brandon Cook's market share in New England and how that may affect. Can, uh, you f-
0: can, can you believe that we live in a community where that's been the buzz for the last couple of days? The ceiling on Brandon Cook's market share in a New England offense. <laughs> is that sad? <laughs> no, it's great. It is great. We get to do this. What an amazing, yeah. Ama- yeah.
1: <laughs> it's Truthfully. It's great. With that, with all the other cockamamie business in this world, how lucky we are to come on this podcast to talk about Brandon <laughs> cooks. So this is this is the conclusion I came to in 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 my head, because it is a legitimate. I mean, it's a legitimate argument, and it's honestly where we started on that side of things. But as the stuff trickled, came trickling in about Bob Kraft thinking this was a Randy Moss, circling back around to realizing how, that Belichick has. Been with Brandon Cooks in training camp in the joint training camp with the, San- the Saints the last few years, and he loves these guys like Gillisley, Welker, Cooks that he's seen live and in person uh, in real action against his team. Uh, you know, we also have made the case that you've never seen Bill Belichick pursue a player with such zeal on the personnel side uh, uh, before. And so to me, what it comes down to is you have market share versus all these other circumstantial evidence that points to the fact that Brandon Cooks is going to be a major cog in this offense. So the question in my head is, would Bill Belichick make that move? Would he give up a first-round pick for, for, for strictly for a scheme-related move? more than a a production-related move that he can draw a straight line to? Is it in Al Davis where he says, you know what, that speed at that position is so valuable to the whole scheme and the success of the whole offense that it's not about the production of this particular player, but that in itself is worth the first-round draft pick?
0: Well, that in itself, no. I think that in itself is part of the aggregate value that makes it worth the first-round draft pick. And I think it's the largest proportion of the aggregate value. I think it's like 75% that, then 25% of Cooks guy who is give a guy production. So that is
1: credence to the market share argument.
0: No, I, I get it. I mean, I've been worried about it too, but here's the thing. Whenever, but you hear the stuff saying he could, be, he could have a Randy Moss-like effect. And when you, when you have a Randy Moss-like effect, you get sick and you go bananas, right? That's what I think about when I think about a Randy Moss-like effect. The upside.
1: Right. Is that what we're thinking? Yes. It's a consideration. The
0: upside, the upside the, look, nobody's ever said that the upside with Brandon Cooks isn't enormous. Well, it's and like of, it's we said, what happens, what
1: happens when Amendola goes down? What happens when, when Edelman, goes, Edelman down? goes down? What happens when Malcolm Mitchell gets injured?
0: I, all I mean, these guys have been, all these guys are injured all of the time. Gronk is going to get injured.
1: You know, yeah, I think there's a lot of meat on the bone still for Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. in New England. But it, it is reason to maybe not let this thing boil over in, you know, to hyperbole at this point.
0: Uh, well, let me ask you this. So would it be now, are you willing to reshuffle the, the sort of Am- Amari Cooper? All right, how do you rank these guys? Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, and Alshon Jeffery?
1: And for NFL, that's a tough one. That's really I know. Tough. It's tough. I think Alshon Jeffrey as one. I just think Alshon Jeffrey, if healthy, has the chance to go pretty bananas with Carson Wentz.
0: But wouldn't... okay. So in a vacuum, you take Alshon Jeffrey. I, I think that means that Alshon probably needs to. I love the concept of Carson Wentz to Alshon Jeffrey. What Can if I told you? Out? What if I told you that the ADPs went like this? Amari Cooper, 17, Brandon Cooks, 24, Alshon Jeffrey, 31.
1: Yeah, then I would probably just have Cooper around or slightly below his ADP and the other guys to where when you count them up would still be coming off the board before their ADPs or, you know, Cooks may be pretty close to where so he Cooks' exactly. his ADP is probably about right. Just want to make sure Alshon's coming off a little and early. And you
0: still though. like those guys a lot. And, and we still like those guys better than the Allen Robinsons and Keenan Allens of the world.
1: Yeah, I think so. But that's, that, that's the group. That's a tightly knit group. Trash like
0: Man that. will tell you that Doug Baldwin belongs in, belongs in the group of Amari Cooper, Alshon, and Cooks. The Trash man will tell you a lot of stuff, right, including something that went down after, uh, after yoga. <sighs>
1: Too much garbage for too many years. You're
0: gonna you're gonna make everybody wait till episode 25 to to tell that one. Yeah, the quarter century podcast with the trash man's disgusting tales. Can you believe it? We're about to hit the quarter century mark on the pod already. We love it. Roster Watch Nation loves it. The, the 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 listening numbers are huge. Some of the highest anybody's ever seen. Hey, believe me. <laughs>
1: We enjoy the whole endeavor. Cockamamie rumblings on Twitter.
0: Imagine that. Give us a follow on Twitter while, while you're at it. I'm, I'm sure you already are if you, if you listen to the pod, but it is at RosterWatch. You, you'll get, you'll get hot, hot takes fired out from both Byron and myself from there at that account.
1: Quincy Anunwa is the receiver to own in New York for the New York Jets. I
0: don't hate it. I have, I, I'm taking him in a bunch of MFL 10s. His ADP is too – I mean, Quincy Inouye was good. Well, what we're talking about here is we're talking about a
1: quarter, quarterback competition between Josh McCown – sorry, I'm trying to say this with a straight face.
0: <laughs> it's hard, Christian
1: right? Hackenberg and Bryce Petty. Yeah. Oh, God. Who, My, Mike Loiko is just laughing maniacally oh, now that God. the sun has come out in Boston. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is.
1: Uh, Let me ask you this. The number one pick for the Celtics. I can't believe what's going through his mind. But hold on. It's Quincy Anunua. And Eric Decker slated as the starting receivers. Chad Hansen, a rookie. Jalen Marshall, a rookie from last year that we charted well with inside the combine, but was a real, really a deep wide deep, receiver sleeper in the draft. Sleeper. All right,
0: so a new one, and then I, I think Devin Smith is still lurking, still kind of. I thought he had another
1: head. injury. Yeah. Pretty sure he's had another well, catastrophic injury.
0: Well, I mean, let's just let's just look and see. Let me go to Arlen. But lab here's the thing we know about Eric Decker
1: chart. is Eric Decker has been terrible when he's thrust into the wide receiver one position. Eric Decker's a been really, a really good career. wide receiver two. He doesn't ever hold up as wide you receiver. You forgot
0: one. these? You forgot these idiots? They have. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Devin Smith still still rearing his ugly, ugly head, and then an even uglier head, Quentin Patton. He was somebody I didn't know that they brought in. I think Devin Smith has been injured again. Our boy K.D. Cannon. I, I wouldn't call him our boy, but you
1: know. reasonable signing given the depth chart. Then, That's I mean, a. The, I mean, this is this the one is is that we're forgetting. Pathetic depth chart. The
0: one that we're forgetting is Sharon Peak, who is an absolute trash man favorite. I want to go to Ross to watch I forgot him
1: a long time and ago. See
0: what Trash Man said about Sharone Peak, but I'm pretty he's sure so good. He, I'm pretty sure that the Trash Man thinks that he's the that he's the GOAT. Let me just I remember editing his article on him last year and he was yeah, he says that Sharon Peak he he didn't give a uh, he didn't give a a pro comparison but he says, uh, here's what Trashman says. He says, Peak's obvious intangibles and consistent work ethic will get him some long looks despite his troublesome knees. I'll be surprised if he lasts longer than the third round. That's what Trashman says. Getting him on an NFL team won't be a problem. Making him a productive player is another story. He says that Peek has a bright future if he can stay healthy. He's worth a flyer in Dynasty Leagues. He says that he has wide receiver one potential in fantasy. So... Who knows? Trashman's garbage, though.
1: Yeah, I'll be surprised when any of his research
0: yields anything productive for us. Let's look at his. Uh, let's look at his comps from mock draftable. Look at his biggest. Comp. Dude, this is crazy. You know his biggest comp. He, these are pretty good comps. Michael Floyd, Marquez Colston, and Corey Davis. Those aren't bad comps.
1: I'm not sure those things ever really pan out. Too four point
0: four five. Four point four five in the 40, forty thirty five and a half inch vertical.
1: Wide receiver Devin Smith out of Ohio State has indeed torn his ACL and will miss the 2017 season. So that has basically been a lost career, career so far for what was a pretty good prospect. Again, I think that makes the KD Cannon signing make that much more, make, make more sense on and a, a little very more interesting. Deep,
0: deep dynasty level. On
1: a, on a horrible depth chart. That He was on the 49ers depth chart that we thought was – it's still worse than Eric Decker and Quincy Nunez. Looks
0: like like there'll be news coming home to roost with about eight new Baylor players based on this new Title IX lawsuit. So I'm sure he's crossing his his fingers that his name's not on there.
1: Michael Floyd is a Minnesota Viking.
0: You know what? Where he went to, uh he didn't. Larry Fitzgerald give give him a don't want it for not showing a, a a DWI. A don't want it for not showing up for his camp up in Camp Minnetonka or something. He did. Or Lake Minnetonka. That's the love boat. He did. But what well, that it, was the love boat. But it was but a DWI. I, yeah. He gave Larry him Fitzgerald DWI. gave Michael Floyd a DWI for not showing up in, in Minnesota when he when he was supposed to. Now it's a return to to. Post-DWI return to. I
1: mean, this is a... <laughs> s- and it's funny, a, he gets to move up
0: there after he gets off of house arrest for his DUI.
1: This is a searing indictment of Laquan Treadwell. I mean, this is worse than the body blows that Josh, Josh Doxon has taken in blow. Washington.
0: A searing you know, indictment. And, and speaking yeah. up, We've been telling Roster Watch Nation, all these idiots, man. They told you for the whole draft season to take him as is at at taking him as the wide receiver one in dynasty people were saying to take him at one point zero one at one point before zeke went to the cowboys we said you can't be taking this guy i said you know top top six maybe top seven and nobody ever comes out and says sorry we at least say sorry about michael thomas we were wrong we got bad intel he turned out to be sick well i mean we we were wrong we should have recommended people take him early. Oh, I, well, and seen,
1: I, I and we and we said he all we always said he had explosive athleticism. Yeah. that wasn't the issue. And
0: and to, to be there was honest, just questions about whether he could put it together, and he and, certainly did. And, and if you would have listened to the Trash Man, you would have ignored everything we said because Trashman was sick about him. And
1: so. he was at Ohio State Pro Day, and he'd put that video on RosterWatch.com for our pro subscribers as part of the, the 2016. As
0: part of his plea, for, Pro Day tour. As part of his plea for. Uh, Michael Thomas. So it, it wasn't like the the topic wasn't broached and discussed a ton. But here's the thing: we one two weeks into the season, we say, "Look, we were wrong. We got to start ranking this guy right. We got to start using him in DFS, right?" Like nobody ever comes out and says, "Man, I was wrong about Laquan Treadwell. I said he was going to be the I said he was going to be the next coming of you know whoever you know whoever people were comparing him to." And and they don't you know like this guy's like this guy sucks. He's he's turning out to be no good.
1: Okay, so if you have... Everything
0: that we were worried... Like, all the things that you were worried about through the draft process that you just figured you would write off because of his... You know, he did have the good workout at the pro day like for the on-field stuff. But the 40 was still slow. Wasn't he still a 4'6 guy? Yeah He had a bad three cone. He had a bad change of direction. It was one of no, the worst. It just didn't. It was, it was just a guy that it,
1: things did not they don't come that natural to him. The athletic part of the game didn't come that He was
0: coming me. off a bet coming off a horrific injury. Like all the, just all the things that were warning signs before that you try and put off and you try and you try not to think about and try and get with the you know try and just at least understand what the, this group think, what it is, and say, "What am I missing?" And say you know, and you get this fear missing out, and you don't want to get too low on him. but the whole time you're wondering what what the hell, and then it comes home to roost.
1: So if you can only own one Vikings pass catcher for this season, who would it be? Diggs. Stephon Diggs, Michael Floyd, or, or Kyle
0: Rudolph? Oh, you forgot you, you left out Adam Thielen. I'd rather have Thielen than Rudolph. Well, don't you have to take in kids? Case- I'd rather have Thielen than Michael Floyd. You think
1: that? So you think Michael Floyd is just a number three receiver for them? I guess he is. That's he's how gonna he's going to start it out. I mean, look, that's just they, crazy, Michael. If you would have told somebody that Adam Thielen is going to be starting over Michael Floyd, I mean, I think of a Michael Floyd, Stephon Diggs starting line. That's that's pretty. Michael Floyd was receivers. one of my
0: favorite like prospects. I thought that his on field was was that twenty twelve.
1: Adam Thielen's about to get a run for all that money in camp. I think he's going to. They pay He's going to have to.
0: Here's the thing. The Vikings paid him a bunch of cash when they could have just gone out and paid Michael Floyd Who's a got bunch of the cash. lowest
1: ADP of that group? Who's going to have the lowest ADP of that group?
0: I don't even think that I'm, I've been including Michael Floyd on the cheat sheet yet. But he, I'm sure that he does. If I pull up the skeleton. No, Stephon Diggs has an ADP in the 40s. Stephon Way Diggs too high. has an ADP of 43. I don't
1: want to own Stephon
0: Diggs. I mean, he's going five spots before. And,
1: and, and, and Stephon Diggs... One of our favorite—he you know, is yes. a golden child Everybody of Roster Watch is... Nation.
0: I mean, he's going. To... I mean,
1: go go and look at the testimonials on the website from two years ago. It was <laughs> nothing but. Our listeners and pro subscribers thanking us on the site Stephon for the Diggs. fact that they own Stefan Diggs six weeks before any of their league mates did <laughs> just like Paul Perkins last year
0: rosterwatch.com backslash success of course you can get a pro membership at rosterwatch.com it's signs quick and easy cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee you'll be supporting us in our maniacal efforts myself Alex Dunlap of course also Byron Lambert also regrettably the disgusting trash man who somehow weaseled his way into uh, our, our contracts as a as a minority partner in the company. Truly a minority partner. Yep. <laughs> Anything else you want to get to on the Dynasty Uh, season? Well,
1: let me. I, I did want to get those ADPs, but it's not a big deal. Oh, the uh, ADPs. I'm sorry. On the Vikings, uh, guys. So, Rudolph.
0: 43. Rudolph's ADP is 97. So, you want Thielen. He's lower than all of them. Thielen's ADP is 109. So it's probably Michael Floyd's right going to be like a 200 or something. I mean, he, I mean, he might need to get added at the very bottom of the cheat sheet. Kyle Rudolph a little higher than you'd expect. That does uh, bring up an interesting
1: point, though. I was commenting on the site with one of our most avid uh, users, uh, Baron Von Ironcock, <laughs> at rosterwatch.com in the comment section. and He was asking me for running back help on his Dynasty League. If I had any suggestions for any moves he had, and he was kind of lamenting Um, the fallout of his dynasty rookie draft from last season, and I said, and you know, it made me really circle back and think about it. And the conclusion I came to is truly that not many folks had a good dynasty rookie draft last year, outside of those who landed Zeke or Jordan Jordan Howard. Howard, of course. Many of our subscribers own Jordan Howard. I mean that we. We won leagues with go him back last and,
0: year. <laughs> Just go back and read the articles, or go back and listen to the advice. Um, we
1: we owned Jordan Howard in a frequency far above average. And it's partly
0: because we it's partly because we love Jordan Howard. We knew what he could be in with, with volumes. Partly because we've never been as high as anybody else in the but, world on Jeremy Lang. But so take those two
1: out, and you're dealing with guys like Laquan Le- Treadwell, Corey Coleman, Will Fuller, Derek Henry. So. No, There's nobody in your league that's looking back and saying, I just killed it in the first round of my dynasty rookie draft last year. Unless
0: they got Zeke. Unless
1: they got Zeke. And that was it. Yeah. So I I thought that was an interesting point. But, but again, that means there could be value right now, not on Laquan Treadwell, but certainly on Corey Coleman. Coleman. And, look, the robot genius's pants will shimmy at a rate never seen before if he could somehow acquire a Derrick Henry – Onto his dynasty squad, where he maybe already owns a Joe Mixon or a Leonard Fournette or Christian McCaffrey from this year. Yeah, go get Derrick Henry if you can. <laughs> we've, uh, been tell,
0: we, we've, been, we've been telling you literally that during the whole this podcast. This podcast, we we begun this in twenty seventeen. So we've mm-hmm. been telling you for this whole year, for these four, first twenty four episodes, get Derek Henry. And in the last
1: change. pod, we reminded you to go maybe have a look at Sammy Watkins. Kick Jonathan, the Jonathan, Jonathan Williams. Williams and maybe even CJ ProSize in your Dynasty Leagues are all guys worth considering targeting uh, at the moment. A uh, few more things to get here, Alex. Uh, Kevin White, rumblings coming out about Kevin, Kevin White, all the high hopes for him during this fake news cycle right now where everything is sunshine. Showing high hopes? Roses, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of high hopes for Kevin White in Chicago right now. What do you make of it? Because I think he looked like trash on the field last year. And I and, and that pains me to say. Because when, when healthy, I finally – I thought it was just an issue of health. Okay, fine. Maybe he still hasn't adjusted to the pro game. He had,
0: But he has some decent games. I saw game him on the field
1: last year. And I said, this doesn't look like the guy I scouted. The, now, the is that just because – is that because his mind still hadn't caught up to the game? He's still learning that maybe it's slowed him down physically where he just didn't pop off the same way. But I have real concerns – after what I saw on the field last year out of Kevin White, if this thing can really come together and actually happen there, where are you at on Kevin White right now?
0: I have minor concerns, but I also feel like the upside's absolutely immense. You forget, dude. Do you, I mean, go back to Lucas Will and just remember being there watching him. Animal. I, it was like, you know, it was enough to make me say that this is a guy who I hate because he acts like a shithead up, up at the podium for my question. When he, when he, you know, um, we, we hear from, you know, people very much in the know about the Senior Bowl that Kevin White seemed to have something weird going on about a fear of competition, a fear of going there and competing with some of the best players in the nation for the Senior Bowl week. I mean, something in their communication gave some people those thoughts. I just, I came in saying, like, Kevin White, uh, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd gotten to watch him. During the season, um, you know, all, uh, having also covered the Texas Longhorns, I remember that year, he went up against Quandre Diggs, who right now is in the National Football League. But, I mean, Quandre played at basically a nickel corner at uh, Texas, the same that he plays in the NFL now. And the same where, I mean, I know we don't always say pro football focus is, is right, but they do have Quandre, I think, ranked as the worst nickel corner in the National Football League. And Quandre Diggs was able to really limit Kevin White's uh you know kevin white's um productivity in that game he i think he caught nine or ten balls but it was only for you know 80 yards 85 yards something like that we could probably look back up the box score but i just i I remember that you know they put Quandre on him for that whole game i kept thinking to myself man you know that's the one thing you know with with kevin with kevin white And then, so the next year I asked the safety, Dylan Haynes, who right now he's on a tryout workout with the uh, New York Jets, and I asked Dylan Haynes to compare um, being on the back end there as a safety and having to prepare for Kevin White and play against Kevin White versus having to play and prepare against Josh Doxson. And he said, oh, Doxson. Much, 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 much harder to to cover. Well, he's so slick. Yeah, you know, so uh, I'd always had a couple of, Things in my head about Kevin White that were kind of always pulling me back, but that that session at the combine, that thing got me completely on board. I mean, enough to where, heck, we even traded a first round pick in the uh, one of these recent drafts for the rights to Kevin White. I mean, like he was a guy, he was an athletic prospect who completely showed out during the uh, during during his draft process with all of his physical numbers well, and his measurables. I mean,
1: I, I was I, one who argued for Kevin White. Potentially over an Amari Cooper in that draft is the number one wide receiver prospect in the draft. And I certainly think Amari Cooper's been somewhat disappointing. He's been good, but somewhat disappointing. So I'm right there with you, but I have serious concerns about Kevin White. Uh, you know, but I suppose that if his ADP is in the basement, then that's a guy that represents a lot of opportunity to roster watch nation.
0: It's just an extremely hard guy to figure out just like a Brashad Perriman.
1: Well, what, what would you give up? I mean, what do you think it would take to, to acquire a Kevin White or a Brashad Perriman if you're in a dynasty rookie draft right now? Can you give up a third rounder for those guys? I don't guys? think no. so. I think you it needs gotta to be give up a You to and I'm not sure, you know, I guess we hate the sec- we hate the second half of the second round. And IDP, I can give up a, and IDP, if, yeah, if I can like, give up a mid to late round two, if I can give up a late round two dynasty rookie draft pick. For either of those guys, I'll probably do it.
0: Would you rather have Kevin White or Brashad Perriman?
1: I'd rather have Paraman.
0: Yeah, really. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Five star reviews are pouring in on iTunes. We thank you so much to all the listeners of this podcast. You've been keeping me up. Very late at night feeling diabolical (laughs) And I just cannot thank you guys enough Uh, on next on the next podcast on number 25 We will take some time to recognize some of you and your cockamamie reviews and comments uh, from iTunes as we give away uh, Roster watch uh, podcast review of the week and we'll do that on podcast 25 here in a couple days uh, in which the winner will get a credit to their pro account at rosterwatch.com. A couple of tweets that got a surprising amount of traction yesterday. I wasn't expecting it all. I know you don't like spending much time on Dynasty IDP talk on the pod. You say that 75% of the listeners will turn <laughs> this not. thing off right now. <laughs> yep. Uh, but because he's got traction, I thought it's worth mentioning. A couple of second-year players on the defensive side of the ball that I do believe are – off of everybody's radar right now that offer some real sleeper potential as real NFL prospects and potentially in our IDP leagues on our dynasty teams. Uh, uh, former Oklahoma State defensive end and pass rusher, Emmanuel Ogba, the second-year player up there in Cleveland. He is a forgotten man with the acquisition of Miles Garrett at number one overall in the NFL draft by the Browns. I mean, I think that Ogbo Ogba is a good player who tested very well in last year's NFL draft process. We know for a fact that the Dallas Cowboys were interested uh, in acquiring his services after they were unable to get Joey Bosa in the top of the first round. Um, I just think with Miles Garrett on the other side that Ogba's going to have a real chance uh, to be a surprising um, player this year for the Browns. And when I tweeted that out yesterday, uh, the Browns fans, I mean, they they went pretty maniacal, pretty cockamamie. And then the other second year guy that really has my attention right now is in carolina one of our senior bowl favorites from the 2016 senior bowl out of louisiana tech i believe was defensive tackled versatile defensive lineman vernon butler of the carolina panthers uh, we know that kwan short has been extended in carolina we know that Gettleman uh, loves his defensive tackles and listen we really applauded this selection by Dave Gettleman. In the, it was late in the first round last year. This is after they won the Super Bowl. This is one of the, or I mean, lost the Super Bowl. It was the second to last pick of the first round uh, in last year's draft. So they spent some draft capital on this guy. Uh, it's, it's, you know, some might have wondered why did the Panthers pass on Jonathan Allen in this draft? Well, we know they got their guy in Christian McCaffrey, but you got to remember in their minds, they have K1 Short locked up. They've got Vernon Butler on deck and i do think this means they are not long for star latulale in carolina
0: Which hurts me badly so
1: vernon butler and vernon butler is a pass rushing type he's potentially one of these guys that he's a, penetra- he's a penetrating. he's one of these guys that might one be one gapping,
0: three taking. might be
1: classified six. as a defensive tackle he can also in, play the shade in your league and and he's certainly going to be many, many of these dynasty um, idp formats it's those defensive tackles they can get tackles for loss and stacks, that can really rack up the points for you on that other side. And that kind of brought to mind Sheldon Rankins for me as well. Do we
0: own Vernon Butler?
1: No, I think these are – I think Vernon Butler is a guy that we ought to have the trash we man pursue. We need to trade for him. Nobody's thinking about him. Hopefully it's not one of our jo- – Josh Norris retweeted us, and he and working. he said he expects Vernon Butler to get the second most snaps of defensive tackle on the whole team this year. Uh, the other one that's kind of, I didn't tweet about him, but maybe part of that group, I, I don't think he's as under the radar as another senior buller from last year, Sheldon Rankins, who we said was an Aaron Donald Jr. Started the year off injured last year. We tried to trade for him mid-year thinking his value might be low, couldn't do it. Came on, had some pretty nice games, uh there at the end of the season so if you're he's looking gonna for be
0: the, a, he's gonna be a star
1: yeah sheldon rankins is gonna be uh he's gonna be very know, sick no,
0: just yeah just tr- tr- trust us on what that do you one.
1: think about have you looked at the nfl futures lately because i looked at them last night to win the super bowl
0: you know what i looked at i looked at some of that stuff just as far as win totals but i saw i saw, I saw the patriots had like a their their lines like 12 and a half wins or something something yeah it's the, they it's completely the highest, broke Vegas highest is,
1: over under. Yeah in his, uh, apparently in history 12 and a half wins was insane uh right now the favorites per vegas to win the super bowl are uh, the patriots are a plus 340 the cowboys not used to being the front runner plus 775 the second fa- second odds on favorite to win the super bowl number 2 the Dallas Cowboys
0: so vegas is protecting a patriots Cowboys, Cowboys, Super Bowl, which would be the mega monster of all time. That the NFL has always dreamed of. I don't even know where they're having the Super Bowl next year. Can't put the cart before the horse around here. Yeah. And then coming in
1: right behind the Cowboys are the Steelers and Seahawks around plus 800. I remember thinking the Falcons seemed a little
0: low. There were
1: some ones that there were value on. I thought like the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Lions, all these ones that are like plus 32 and 3,500, the Redskins. But, you know, they're also ones that you just look at and you say, man, these are the teams that not annually yeah. you think might be good that just never can pull it off. And then Vegas right now has the worst odds to win the Super Bowl for the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns.
0: Browns. San Francisco 49ers. Can you guess the other two? St. Louis Rams. And who's the last one?
1: The Jacksonville Jaguars. The New York Jets.
0: Jets. Oh, well, all right. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, let me me ask you this. Speaking of shitty teams or currently shitty teams, Chicago Bears, what do you think of all this? I need to add Deion Sims onto the MFL 10 cheat sheet, don't I? It's looking like he's going to be the starting tight end there. He's getting all kinds of rave reviews from the local reporters. And I remember thinking last year about all the stuff that Adam Gaze would say about He'd always bring up Deion Sims. In his press conferences, like I even looked it up. I Like some of the things he said, he said that he said that um, he said, you know, one of his personal favorite players, he literally lays it out there. He said every time he's on the field, he said he did exactly what we needed him to, to do. But I held him back a little bit. I didn't let him do some of the things he could have done more. Well, of, so you know
1: why? It's because he had went no out of his way, to, way to say There's that a, he was spent extra time trying to find ways to get Jordan Cameron involved. He was knocking banging his head against the wall saying, why can't I get Jordan Cameron going?
0: So he, they, they, he, he wants to use the tight end. Mike Mayock said of Deion Sims coming out that he thought he was the best inline blocking tight end in the draft, along with Travis Kelsey. It's a copycat league, and Gronkowski blew the whole thing up. So that, I mean, Mike Mayock talking about Deion Sims coming out in the draft w- used him in the same sentence with Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski. Not just it's something to keep in mind. I think that I think that that's a situation where Mike Glennon's gonna be looking to throw to the tight end a lot. It's looking like it's not Zach Miller. It's gonna be Deion Sims. He can be had for free in an MFL tens. So I just add, for now, so I just added him to the very bottom of the MFL ten cheat sheet on the tight ends, maybe if you want, want a third tight end or something. PPR leagues. Could be something sneaky that comes home to roost. We're just gonna toss that one out there
1: right now. Sounds like an investigation that's <laughs> worthy of assignment to the roster watch trash, trash man. man. <laughs> Last thing I got here. Uh, just watching some of our interactions on Twitter in recent days made this question come to mind. Who, who do you think the top five most maniacal NFL fan bases are on Twitter? I have four of them here, and I couldn't figure out who number five was.
0: Well, you have the Bills on there, right? The Bills Mafia, hashtag Bills, Bills, Bills Mafia. Mafia. You have the Raiders, Raider Nation. Yep. You have Philly Fan you got the Philly Eagles. was
1: close for me. I'll put them in here for the running for that fifth spot. I thought Browns were certainly at the very oh, top. Oh, Browns, Browns. For me, it's the very top. Raiders and Browns are tied for one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bills are right. Bills Mafia is right in there around. Well, they'll kill two you. Or Three.
0: They'll send somebody to try and kill and you. And the other ones I had this boiled down
1: to are the Eagles. We get a ton of maniacal interaction from Vikings fans, and, and which is a little bit surprising. You think of those people up there the Seahawks. in Minnesota being super laid back. Yeah, we, more Vikings than Seahawks, and this is probably our proximity. But we get a lot of interaction from Texans fans. Now, whether I call it, it's not really maniacal interaction. It's more just good old boy uh,
0: yeah.
1: interaction.
0: I think there's a lot of Jaguars fans too.
1: So who, who is it? It's Browns, Raiders, Bills. And then we've got the. I the think final, Philly's got to be in there, the man. They're Eagles, pretty, okay. Browns, Raiders, Bills, Eagles, and who's the last one? The Vikings. The, I think it's the Vikings. The Vikings, the Texans, or who was the other one you just said? I said Jaguars. I said
0: Jaguars. I'm not sure. Yeah. Vikings. We'll give it, or it to the Vikings. We'll give it to the Vikings. We have a lot of Vikings followers on Twitter at roster watch that will bring an end to episode 24 of the roster watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com until next time i am alex dunlap for byron lambert we will see you next time